You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Can we all just take like a half of a second of appreciation for technology? Just this idea that you are wherever you are right now. Maybe you're in your car, maybe you're out walking the dog, maybe you're cleaning those dang buckets, sweeping the floor, maybe you want to throw your laptop across the room because you're trying to update your website. This is what we do, this is how we roll. But just for a half of a second, while we are all navigating the emotional roller coaster of a global pandemic and whatever is happening for all of us at this moment in time, we're dealing with our stuff. And also, technology allows us to stay connected. I am at this moment in time just trying to focus on things that bring me joy. And this moment of me being able to speak into this random microphone and you get to listen in your ears, can we just all have like a moment of gratitude for the fact that this is possible? I think it's so incredible that I can sit here in my daggy Ugg boots that are falling apart and you can be on the other side of the planet, walking through the rain, in your field, in the shop, in the car, navigating all of the things that you're navigating. I just thought, you know what, I'm gonna take a moment and just, let's all just be grateful for technology. Because most of the time, let's be honest, we want technology to just be simpler. It is so overwhelming and complicated, but sometimes I completely lose sight of the fact that, you know what? The fact that we get to stay connected, even if we're socially distancing, even if you're on the other side of this big bad world, even if you're on the other side of the country, I think that's pretty cool. And today I wanted to talk you through the reality of being a business owner. And one of the concepts that I only discovered a couple of years ago, it was didn't even know it was a thing, even though ironically, <laughs> it's like clearly Kathleen's not paying attention because I did my first business degree, the University of British Columbia. And they actually, at the time, this was the turn of the century. <laughs> this is around 2000. Wow. Anyway, even at the University of British Columbia in the business school, they actually had a degree where you could specialize in entrepreneurship. And I remember thinking at the time, I would have been like 17, 18, 19. I'm like, I don't even know what that is, so it's not for me. No, thank you. I knew at that moment in time I wanted to go work in advertising, so that's exactly the path I was traveling, and this is where I am today <laughs> in the world of being an entrepreneur. But I only heard that word, maybe it's only that I digested that word, that I comprehended that concept, probably like six or seven years ago. It's a word that... I think it's thrown around a little bit, but particularly as floral designers, particularly as business owners, 
it's not something that we necessarily connect with. And I thought it would be worth just passing along my experience and my perspective in terms of encouraging you to own your entrepreneurial spirit. And it's going to feel uncomfortable because it's a foreign concept. When I hear the term entrepreneurship, my brain automatically falls to like Silicon Valley, tech startups, this kind of, I don't know, you're working around the clock, 24 hours a day, big risk, hopefully big rewards, relentless, usually tech-driven concept, right? It's reserved for mostly men who come up with an idea and just toil away behind their computer about how they're going to make money and change the world, right? I certainly put businesses like Apple and Uber and Instagram and Pinterest and these kind of famous online businesses in the bucket of entrepreneurship. And I had never really thought that being a floral designer and a business owner was also entrepreneurship. And it's really kind of sunk into me because I was listening to a business book, as I do for funsies. This is how I spend my time. (laughs) Such a geek. But he was talking about, and in the introduction to his book, he was talking about the idea of many entrepreneurs get introduced to the concept of entrepreneurship through personal development and growth. And I literally stopped. I was about to say I stopped the tape. (laughs) I stopped my Walkman. I hit pause. No, I didn't. I did hit pause. But I hit pause not on my Walkman or my Discman. I hit pause because I was like, oh my gosh. That's where I actually really understood the concept of entrepreneurship. It wasn't through the business experience that I've had. It wasn't through working in an advertising agency. It wasn't through having fancy corporate jobs. It wasn't through any of that. It was actually through my own mission and my personal desire of, you know, how deep can we build our relationship with somebody like Oprah Winfrey? How much can I learn about my own potential? That's actually where I really resonate with the concept of entrepreneurship. And it feels so much more relevant to me now Because so many corporate work environments are the exact opposite of entrepreneurial. And I had to jump onto the Googles, because one of my favorite things that I love doing is, how does the world generally define some of these words? And the Google defines entrepreneurship or an entrepreneur as a person who sets up a business or businesses, taking on financial risk in the hope of profit. And I went, well... Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, clearly, that is every single one of us. We are entrepreneurs, except we don't know that, right? This isn't an industry. Floral design, farmer florist isn't an industry where people talk about the concept and embodying an entrepreneur. And I think it's really helpful for all of us to, from a place of curiosity, Just try on understanding that part of our identity as a business owner is being an entrepreneur. I find the concept so invigorating because it shows me there's always this kind of energy that comes with the concept or the idea or the definition of entrepreneurship. And 
what's so interesting is because we don't have examples of entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial spirit within the floral design industry, we don't necessarily know that it's part of the puzzle. And I was thinking back the other day and reliving the experience of how I felt that first morning that I had signed up for my very, very first floral design class. The beautiful thing is I was running my own marketing consultant business at the time. So I decided that on Tuesday mornings, I was going to take a five-part design series. So on Tuesday mornings for five mornings for, I think it was about five hours, I learned from a floral designer some of the basics, some of the fundamentals in terms of how to make an arrangement. This was, I want to say, seven, eight years ago. At the time, I was so sick of the real world work that I was doing. It was so mundane and boring and beige and conservative and corporate. And I felt like I needed something to balance that that could really just be pure creative outlet. In my day job, I was spending all of my time in meetings, doing PowerPoint presentations, putting agendas together, hosting brainstorming sessions, doing lots of budget reconciliations, media planning, advertising schedules, like it doesn't even sound sexy because it wasn't even sexy. (laughs) And so to counteract that, I was like, I am going to do something just purely creative. I signed up for a floral design course and I would go. And I remember that very first morning And I walked out of there and I was just like shook. It's like, oh my goodness. It had never crossed my mind that floral design was a thing. I didn't know anybody who was necessarily a florist. I didn't know anybody who was making money in this field. I didn't even know that people had this as a job. And I remember thinking like, is this a real thing? Like, do people actually make money? doing this work and I was so curious because my eyes was like a kid in a candy store I was like oh my god this is amazing if I could marry my love for creativity my passion for marketing and building a business and is it true that people actually can make a full career out of this I was like sign me up let's ditch the current day job let's go all in on flowering In August of 2015, I remember thinking, okay, let's do this, right? I'm going to just start a floral design business. I was like, well, clearly this is something that people do. And I remember thinking, okay, so what are we going to do? Like, how the heck am I going to get customers? I live in an area where nobody really knows me. I don't necessarily have this, like, intense network of people within my local area who are going to order flowers from me. So... How do I, as a total newbie, as a total nobody, go out and get customers? The first three things that I did in our business was we paid to have a stall at the local monthly farmer's market. I sat down and figured out how to get a website sorted and got my Google Maps listing done. And then I 
jumped on and created a cute little brochure and I spent a few afternoons walking around some of the fancy neighborhoods and dropping them into the letterbox of these massive houses. I know now two of those things were complete and utter failures. Did not work. Did not get us a single order, did not get us where we wanted to go, but... I would pay a lot of money right now to go back and do those same things again because it showed me exactly where to go next. One of the single best exercises you can do as a business owner is learning more about marketing. And one of the disciplines of marketing is you always have to put yourself in the customer's shoes. If you put yourself in your customer's shoes, your next action becomes so straightforward. And when I look back now, I have learned so much about how not to market flowers because of what we did so early on. At this moment in time, if somebody could sit me down and say, hey, Kathleen, setting up a little stand, a little pop-up at a local market is a bad idea. It is not worth a single penny. But if you do it, you are going to understand how customers actually go through the purchase process. Just by going through the process of setting up for that market and being able to have like these research subjects in front of us, like people love flowers. Human beings love flowers. People want to stop and admire the flowers, but people do not buy flowers unless they have a need for flowers. Now, I know that there are a handful of exceptions to the rule, but one of the most important principles that I learned is that your business is built on volume. Relying on customers to spontaneously come by and just get obsessed with your flowers and just buy them out of spontaneity is a risky endeavor. There's no guarantee and there's no reliability in terms of the spontaneity. Selling donuts, selling a scarf, selling cute notebooks, selling shoes, selling skirts, very different proposition. Selling flowers, being a floral designer, totally different world. This is why so many of the traditional marketing tactics that you might see in other industries don't work in your flower business. In order for us to have a viable business, we need volume. That volume doesn't come from people's spontaneity in terms of buying flowers. It's so unpredictable and it's so unreliable. The truth is the kind of service that we as floral designers offer the world comes from something even deeper, like something way more ingrained in the human spirit and in our DNA. People's desire for flowers comes from pure need, not from a spontaneous, instantaneous decision to buy flowers. Once I could see these people evaluating the decision to buy flowers, so many things came into focus for our business. I now totally understand why thinking we need to have more exposure to our business doesn't work. 
I now have such a deep understanding about why I don't have to have my business in front of all of the eyeballs. I also have so much understanding now as to why having a shop front isn't a guarantee for success and it's not a guarantee for the volume that we need to run a successful business. In actual fact, humans make the decision to buy flowers all based on something that happens outside of them. If we put ourselves in our customer's shoes, if we flip the whole thing on its head, the decision to buy flowers is actually very micro. It's about having your business in the right place, at the right time, with the right message, when they are looking for a floral designer. I would pay like $100,000, I would pay a lot of money to learn that lesson over again because it saved me so much time and energy and saved me so much wasted money in terms of where to spend our advertising dollars. I am so grateful now that that first market didn't work, that we actually lost money on the proposition. I think I probably sold about a hundred bucks worth of flowers. And I am so glad to know that I got to run that experiment and see how customers actually shop for flowers. The thing to remember about being a entrepreneur and about experimenting with your marketing and trying new ideas is that half of them aren't going to work. The challenge being, we don't know what half until we actually try it. In the good old world of advertising, there's this old saying that some old guy once said. He said, 50% of my money is wasted on advertising. I just don't know which 50%. <laughs> so you're going to come up with a lot of ideas, right? When you really step into the concept of being an entrepreneur and you really recognize how many amazing ideas your brains come up with on a daily basis, you're like, oh, there's no shortage of ideas. We got ideas. It's taking action on them and then deciding which ones work for your business. One of the biggest challenges that we face as an industry is that there aren't enough resources and there's not enough education about how sophisticated our marketing needs to be. As of 2020, thank you COVID, no longer is having a shop front a guarantee for making money. No longer is the game of becoming famous on Instagram or becoming an Instagram influencer a guarantee for getting customers. The barriers to entry of starting a flower business are so low that literally any man and his dog could chuck up a website, start an Instagram profile, and claim to be a florist. This isn't a regulated industry. You don't have to have a certification. You don't have to have a qualification to start a flower business. And I know for so many of you, that drives you crazy. <laughs> You're like, oh, there needs to be some sort of regulation, which I would agree. It would be amazing because then maybe all the prices would actually be set <laughs> and we don't have to have any more discussion about prices. That would be so good. Be so fun. But what's really interesting is because the barriers to entry and starting a flower business are so low, what separates the successful business owners and the ones who call it quits and throw in the towel 
is a level of sophisticated marketing know-how and persistence. And that's why I've set up our new Flower Boss Bootcamp curriculum the way that I have. Because I want every floral designer on the planet to know what I know about marketing. To not have to worry about, should I do this or should I do that? Should I invest in this really expensive thing over here? Or should I get this person to do this? Like, where should I actually be spending my time and energy? And I want to be able to answer all of those questions and teach you how to think about your marketing strategy. I also want you to get really comfortable thinking about and learning about money and sales and pricing and cash flow. But I also know what it's like to be a business owner and needing the support to be able to keep showing up even when things aren't working. You're going to have days where things feel really, really hard. There's going to be times when you do things and you might consider them an epic failure. These days, if you want to run a successful floral design business, a beautiful mood board template ain't going to cut it. Somebody else's like swipe file or an email series is only going to get you so far. As much as I love Canva, it's not going to solve all of your problems. If you don't have a written, proven strategy, a formula to follow, a complete top-to-bottom understanding of the experience that you're offering your customers and how easy it is to separate yourself from the competition and that being the lowest-priced option doesn't even need to be on your radar, you're going to feel stuck. You're going to feel so frustrated and you're going to be left scratching your head going, what the crap am I missing? What is wrong with me? And that is exactly where I was. Every time that your brain says, I don't want to, I don't want to keep doing this. Everybody else's business looks so perfect. There must be something wrong with me. I want you to remember that that's exactly where I used to be. And I don't want you to keep feeling like you're the only one. And I definitely don't want you to keep thinking that while everybody else is showing up on Instagram and their businesses are perfect, that you're the only one who's struggling. Definitely not true. That experience is exactly where I was in November of 2017. I literally woke up on the Monday morning and I was like, what kind of nut job business is this? I hate this business. I am not in charge of this business. I feel like my customers are running the show. I feel like the wholesalers are running the show. I feel like my staff is running the show. All of these other people seem to be making decisions on my behalf and I do not feel like I'm in charge of what's happening here. I look back now and I see that I was following a path that just wasn't for me. I had totally 100% bought into the idea that in order to have a successful business, you needed to be super busy. You had to say yes to everything that was coming your way. You had to have a certain persona. You had to chase after Instagram followers and getting featured on a famous blog was the ultimate in success. And I realized that I was just chasing after somebody else's definition or chasing after probably what is considered the common narrative within our industry. I was trying to keep up with everybody else's expectations and what you should do and I had no idea, I had no idea that the minute that you start a business, 
you get to decide what you sell, you get to decide who you sell it to, and you get to decide how it all happens. I found it so challenging because no one in our industry talks about the full picture of what it's like to be a flower business owner. I live in a small town. I didn't have this like flower community, this secret club of flower fairies who could let me in on the secrets of the realities of running their business. So I just kept hunting high and low, digging on Instagram, looking at people's blog posts, trying to figure out like what the heck was Kathleen missing? And I was convinced, I was convinced that there was something wrong with me. I was so alone and so frustrated and so overwhelmed and I was so sick of it. It was like, okay, like when you're in that pit of despair and you know that something has to change. Remember telling myself, like, Kathleen, if you're not going to get famous, then there must be another way. Getting famous might not be the only way to build a successful business. And I ended up having to look outside of the floral design industry. I realized I had, like, turned over every stone. I am like a professional Googler in terms of looking for information, and I feel like I had reached the end of the internet. And I was like, okay, well, the answer isn't going to come from within this industry. So where else could I find support? Where else could I find insight and guidance and information? Because at the time, definitely wasn't coming from within this industry. If we keep playing the popularity game, if we keep chasing Instagram followers, and you don't see results in your business... Most of us are going to come to the conclusion that we're not cut out to make this work. I thought, because it was all about playing the popularity game, that I must have to have a certain design aesthetic. And in order to have that design aesthetic, I must need to invest in more design workshops. And once I then figure out the magic bullet, once some famous florist comes along and tells me how it's done, then I will finally have the exposure I think that I need to get the kinds of customers who I want to have. It was through that experience of extreme frustration and finally making the decision to look outside of the floral design industry that I landed on this concept of entrepreneurship because I was so sick of the business that I had run and I had no idea that when you are the business owner, you get to set the rules. And I had no idea until we started taking massive action in our business that marketing floral design services isn't like marketing any other service on the planet. It's not like selling t-shirts. It's not like selling books. It's not like selling cars. It's not like selling pizza. It's not like selling financial services. There are some very specific marketing requirements and sales skills that floral designers need to develop. And the only way that I learned that stuff was by leveling up my own marketing, sales, and business acumen. And I took a massive amount of action, and so much of it was a total failure. But I just kept going. 
I am so grateful that that first farmer's market was a bad idea. I am so grateful that not a single person called because of that brochure that we put in people's letterboxes. It made it so clear to me that we had to follow a different strategy. It made it so obvious to me that I was like, oh my goodness, okay, so we're dealing with a different beast here. That marketing, a flower business, getting customers, being on preferred supplier lists, having the most Instagram followers, being featured on a blog, being in a magazine, being reviewed by that person, it doesn't matter. You don't need to do any of that. You can totally play a different game. Our customers do not buy flowers out of spontaneity. Now, sometimes they do. Of course, there's exceptions to the rule. But if our customers bought flowers out of spontaneity, then I would tell you to go out there, buy all of the Instagram followers, because then eventually they'll all be spontaneous enough to buy your flowers. Except it doesn't work that way. Because our customers don't buy flowers out of spontaneity and they buy flowers to fill a specific need, that one insight makes it so much simpler to know where to spend your time and energy from a marketing perspective. All that you then need to think about is being in the right place, at the right time, with the right message. And that's one of the single most important lessons we can learn when we're trying to get customers in our flower business. The whole strategy of you trying to get more customers is about you being in the right place at the right time with the right message. It actually is so much simpler than trying to embody being an influencer on Instagram. And it allows you to fully step into your persona as an entrepreneur. Because I truly believe that because you are a designer, you already see yourself as a creative. I want you to take that creativity and take it to a whole new level when it comes to you running your business. Being an entrepreneur is the ultimate form of creativity. If we adopt the attitude of those silicon startups, if we embrace the bumpy road ahead, the challenge, the unknown, the uncertainty, the not knowing if it's going to work, but we always know we never will come short of ideas. You are never, ever, ever, because you are a creative, ever, never, never, ever are you going to run out of ideas. What you do need to know is that you are not going to know what's going to work until you try it. And if something's not working for you in your business right now, you have complete permission, total authority to stop doing it and try something else. You can change your mind any dang day of the week and twice on Sundays. All you have to do is learn to embrace the fact that you are the authority in your business. You get to learn how to take action, embrace the discomfort, and seek continuous improvement. This is actually the greatest personal development growth journey we could ever go on. The discomfort of you being in charge comes by sheer fact of you being the authority. And that's a really foreign place for us to be. 
it's most of the time not really what we thought we were signing up for. We're all like, oh, I like flowers. They're pretty. That'd be so fun to run a business. But we don't really understand what that means. <laughs> then you get into it and you're like, what the crap is this about? I didn't sign up for this. This is not what I wanted. And then we jump on social media and we are convinced, we are adamant that everybody else's business is perfect and that there must be something wrong with us. But I promise you, there isn't. It's just that most floral designers don't want to paint the full picture of the reality of what it's like to run a business. And 50% of it is freaking awesome. It's amazing. We are like Santa Claus. We are magicians. What we do is pure magic. We get to embrace the power and the spirit of Mother Nature. And you get to make money from it. All of that is spectacular. Then there are the personal challenges. There are the challenging clients, the challenging customers, the shortage of supplies, the increasing prices, the frustrating staff, all of the logistics, all of the systems, all of the procedures. The experience of being an entrepreneur, the experience of being a flower boss, is 50% awesome and 50% not so awesome. But understanding it all comes with the territory and that there is nothing wrong with you. It's simply a matter of this industry not painting a full picture of the experience. You, my friend, are in exactly the right place. You just keep showing up. You keep taking action. If something's not working, you change it. You can do this. And it's okay that it feels uncomfortable. It's okay that you feel different to how other people show up on Instagram. I wake up every day and I'm like, eh, do I want to keep doing this? <laughs> I mean, sometimes, sometimes, my friends, thinking about going to work at McDonald's and like taking the pressure off, right? This idea of the pressure we put on ourselves, right? Particularly when you're ambitious and driven and goal-oriented and just constantly wanting to one-up yourself, you do put a lot of pressure on yourself. And I'm still here. I just keep showing up. I'm going to keep doing the work. I'm going to keep sharing what I'm learning. And I am going to commit to always being the student. I still wake up and think, yeah, okay, well, today could be the day that this entire business crumbles to the ground. And I have no idea where I'm going to be in five years. I have a vision for where I'd like to be, but I'm also open to the possibility. I am always the student, and I want to encourage you to continue to be the student. Embrace the fact that you are an entrepreneur. And just know that the only thing you have to do today is keep showing up, keep looking at the data, keep coming back to what's working. And if you ever want to change anything in your business, you don't need anybody's permission. You get to wake up and decide today you're going to do daily flower deliveries 
You're going to sort through the chaos that's getting your website sorted and feel all the frustration of trying to sort out your delivery date picker and your custom card message and the freaking Google AdWords program and do some digging into SEO and you're going to go into my big ass folder free shiz and get your website checklist and your SEO checklist and all of the resources and tools. And then at some magic date in the future, you get to change your mind because you know what? This is your business. And you get to do whatever you want. Now, I know there aren't necessarily a lot of leaders and mentors that you can turn to within the floral design industry to show you that that is the truth. But I'm here to tell you, your business, your rules, you get to decide what your version of success looks like. You don't need anybody else's permission. You don't have to live up to anybody's expectations you get to choose. So erase anything off of your should do, somebody else is expecting you to do, this is what I'm supposed to do, storyline. Get it all off your plate. Make room for and make space for what you want to do in your business. And then go out there, learn as much about marketing as you can, become a sales queen, level up your business acumen and make a crap ton of money. You can do this. I know that it's hard, but just keep going. The rewards are incredible and you are going to blow your mind with what you achieve as long as you just keep going. My friends, go out there, make some money, make some magic, and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now.